Thank you for joining us for a message from the Christian Fellowship Church of Kandu, North Dakota. Please visit our website for more information about our church at kanducfc.com. Good morning. It's good to be back here. Um, I think it's so good that your pastor and family is having some time off. I, just knowing the demands of being a pastor for 45 years and having some time off, I just came back refreshed. So when your pastor comes back, don't just overload him right away. <laughs> Give him some time. Um, you know, this morning I, I grew up in Church's Ferry and uh, we'd come to Candu to church, and um, you know, I was driving. My wife abandoned me again. She's off on another trip with her family. And uh, anyway, I was driving up, and your know, memories come back. You know, the older you get, these memories come back. And I remember my dad and mom, they were very, um, how do I say it? They invited everybody to church. I mean, they just invited everybody to the church. And I remember there was this, near us was a, a lady, her name was Ponytail. Now, Ponytail had a really bad drinking problem. I mean, she was, she was, she, she had a bad drinking problem. And my mom and dad many times would intervene in fights over there with her and her husband. And it was, it was, it was, as a kid, it was kind of like, wow, this is the most exciting thing happening in Church's Ferry, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I remember my dad told her, well, we, we'd love to have you come to church. But ponytail, you can't be drinking when you come to church. You've got to be sober. And I remember one hot, hot summer morning, and there was, there was you know, six kids were piled. Well, there's four piled in the car and no air conditioning. This is in the 60s. And ponytail was a rather large woman and played straight in the back seat with us. Well, she didn't want to know. She didn't want my dad to know that she'd been drinking. So she ate garlic before she came to church. And I, I just remember this morning, I'm trying to, I remember that distinct smell of garlic at 100 degrees in the room, in that car. I just, like, gagged the whole way to church. I'm thinking, Dad, why do you invite people to church? <laughs> so that was just one of my memories. I just came as I was driving, just thinking of those that my dad, I, he would invite. And I never forget also, just... You know, we were we lived in the depot there in churches for my dad was a depot agent and we lived in pretty small quarters there and anyway I remember one morning my dad was talking to one of the more wealthy farmers in the area. And my dad it's like nothing in kind this guy had the big combines, the beautiful wife, the horses, you know, all that stuff and we were kinda on the we lived on the tracks, not south of it, we were on the tracks. And and anyway I remember my dad talking to this really wealthy farmer. Like, why would he be doing that? And then he came in and he said, I could mom and him were having the coffee. And I remember he said, and I, I won't give his name because some of you may know him and I don't want to do But he, he said, he wants to come to church with us next Sunday. And I was like, and I just remember my mom kind of spoofing, spoofing us up, you know, making sure our shoes are shined and we're nice. And he can't, you know, and I was just thinking, wow, church is a place. Where people come and they find hope, they find forgiveness, they find a, a sense of why they're here on this planet, and and I remember just both of those two. I remember, you know, he went on, became a Christian, has, is still following the Lord, and Ponytail, bless her heart. I remember being at her funeral, and you know, I believe God got a hold of her heart, and so you just gotta, you know, just those are memories. Sorry about that. I had to throw you, I throw in those this morning. <laughs> um, 
My uh, scripture, two scriptures this morning, I want to start in Proverbs uh, with the Old Testament. On Proverbs 30, I'm going to read 7, 8, and 9. It says, O God, I beg you two favors uh, from, from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, what and who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Lord, just give me enough. Just give me enough. The second scripture is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. It says, since we here today are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him in fear and awe. Since today we are receiving the kingdom, the kingdom has come down in Jesus Christ. And accepting this kingdom, Christ, into our life, we accept all of what the kingdom of God is. And because we live in that kingdom, we are unshakable. And the sign of that is we live a life of thankfulness. No matter what, Lord, you are there. That song you're singing, God is good in his goodness. Even in the hard times, we find God's kingdom is good. Kind of three words that comes out of that for me is kingdom, thankfulness, but the word I want to talk about is enough. This word enough. We've heard the phrase, when will it ever be enough? I remember some of those Christmas mornings, you know, when we spoiled our kids and they want more presents. When will it ever be enough? (laughs) We know that feeling. But enough is this condition and state of knowing you have plenty. Now, Satan, the enemy of our soul, has a weapon that he aims at each one of us, and he never stops. And he keeps saying these words in, the, in our ears, and our heart, and our mind. It's not enough. You think of Adam and Eve. They had this whole paradise. They had the Garden of Eden. They had everything that God wanted for them to be completely sustained and happy. And yet Satan came to him and said, this isn't enough. You've got to have the super wisdom I'll give you if you eat from the tree of good and evil. It's not enough. God's not enough. There's a, there's a secret voice that keeps coming. It's not enough. Your marriage isn't enough. You don't have enough of this. You don't have enough of that. There's a secret, and tied to that is a sense of greed that there isn't enough. I think of Judas. Here Judas was with the 12 disciples. Every day was with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the most incredible person that had ever walked this earth, Jesus, with all. In him was life, and life was the light of the world. He was with Jesus every day. And yet there's a voice that said, It's not enough. And he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. There's this insidious movement that begins to say, it's not enough. It's not enough. 
And that's when we get derailed. Somehow in this search for enough, we hope to find the state of being enough. But we discover that it is not enough and so we keep reaching and we keep going to all the wrong places. I'm going to read a verse in 1 Timothy 6.17. It says, Command those who are rich with the things of this world not to be proud. It doesn't say don't be rich. It doesn't say that. It says, Command those that have enough, that have all kinds of things, not to be proud. Tell them to put their hope in God, not in their uncertain riches. How many know about uncertain riches? <laughs> because God richly gives us everything for our enjoyment. What does it say? God gives us what? Everything that we need. The kingdom of God. In Him, we have given everything. Everything that we have is from God. And He has given us everything that we need. And I love those words of Jesus when He spoke in Matthew 6. So because you live in a kingdom of God that is abundant, that will give you all that you need for this life, don't worry about what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear. For the pagans run after all these things. But your heavenly Father knows what you need. And if you seek his what? Kingdom. Right? If you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, all that you need will be given to you. Don't we need to hear that once in a while? God is enough. God has given us what we need for our life. Another verse Hebrews 13.5 Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. My, my dad's favorite saying to me, and one of which was like, I didn't want to hear, just be content in all the circumstances. No, dad, I don't want to be content in all these circumstances. Be content. Because he was saying, God is in the good. He's in the bad. He's in all things. The story of the feeding of the 5,000 is one of my favorite stories. I mean, here was 5,000 people gathered to hear the one who is called the bread of life. The hope of the world. They were around him knowing that this person who was speaking was speaking words of life, of truth, what they had longed for. And they couldn't get enough of it. And they stayed there the whole day. And Jesus looked on them and they said, they're hungry. These people. And the disciples responded back to Jesus. Jesus, where could we get enough bread? Is the word Enough. Where 
can we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? The disciples still had not got it. Jesus said, feed them. Trust that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of abundance. And when you lean into your faith, when you lean into the kingdom of God, there will always be enough. How many of you have had company come over and you didn't have enough food, but somehow you just realized that you put a little more water in the soup and there's always enough. you just always enough. How many of And I think that's the spirit. It's like, come on. When you invite a banquet, bring in everybody from the streets. Oh, there's not enough food. God miraculously creates an abundance when we live that way. There is an excitement about being in the kingdom of God because it's not a kingdom of scarcity. It's a kingdom of abundance. And when we lean into that kingdom, there will always be what? Enough. But if you live in the world of scarcity, oh, there's not enough food to feed them. And here's this boy who his mother has proudly packed him a lunch. A good mom with loaves and fishes. And there's something about the spirit of generosity. When he took that loaves and fishes instead of hiding them and eating them himself, he said, hey, Jesus, here, I'm going to give that to you. And there's something about the movement of abundance when we're willing to move into the spirit and the abundance of the kingdom of God. See, I believe there were all kinds of food out there. There were snicker bars in people's back pockets. There were all kinds of things, but they were hiding them. They were hiding them. Oh no, I got just for enough for me. That spirit is not the spirit of the church. What did the early church say? They didn't consider anything of their own, but they shared from them. And there was always, what did they say? Enough. There's a spirit that's released when we say, this isn't mine to keep. When I hold on to something, it dies. When I take my one talent and I bury it, it dies. But when I know that God is a God of multiplier, there's always enough. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through, 12, 1 through 2. And now, brothers, sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. Out of the most severe trial, after, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Isn't that amazing? Here's Paul talking about the different churches who supplied the need for his missionary trips. And he said the Macedonian church out of extreme poverty welled up with generosity, rich generosity for the kingdom of God. I, I'm just amazed. I, I, back in a number of years ago, this has probably been the early 90s um, when I was in Nicaragua. And, uh, and Jeff, you probably remember Belser, Pastor Belser. He's... He lives in one of the most difficult areas of Managua, came there with his family of six, lived in the middle of the most dangerous place in Nicaragua, just poverty, crime. It just, it's just a, it's a really dangerous place. Anyway, I remember preaching there one Sunday morning, and, um, and whenever the gringos come to church, I always, our group, it's, when it's offering time, it's time to bless them. 
It is time to bless them. And so I can truthfully say that an offering that our generous group would give would probably be more on that one Sunday than they would receive probably in the whole year of offerings. I mean, that's how big that is for them. So I preached the sermon and um, was done and was getting ready to um, walk out of the church. And, and, and Pastor Belser comes with me with his bag. And he said, I want you, you spoke today, here's the offering for today. I, 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 how do you respond to that? Here is enough money to supply that church for the next year, and he's given it to me who have more than I ever need in my life. Why would he do that? Because in him, we weren't his source. God was his source. The Gringos weren't. The kingdom of God was his source. And he, out of honor for me speaking that morning, was willing to give me that whole offering, which I did not need. And I said, Belser, I can't do it. He said, I'm the pastor of this church, and you are going to take this. So I took it, and I spent it on myself, bought all kinds of things. No, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not a traveling uh, television preacher. <laughs> what I did is I took it, and I went back to where we stay at the Quinta, back there, and I said to our group, I said, okay, this is what happened this morning. I, this is what I feel deep in my I just said, I can't take this. But I said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to double this offering. And they all just said, what, is, what was it? And I said, uh, and they all kicked in, and I doubled that offering. We were back in church the next week, and Pel Belser spoke. I said, Belser, because you spoke today, I'm going to give you this offering today. And we had doubled what we did. And he just, he, he, it was like, there's just something beautiful about walking in the kingdom of God where we realize that man is not my source, money is not my source, but God is my source. And I walk in a sense that I can just go like this. I can just go like this because we know many of you have, some of you have lived on farms, some of you lived through the depression. You know how quickly life can change. And if we have a grip on things, what happens? It can almost kill us. But if we go like this, God, you are the provider. I'm going to trust you. When, he, when we have not settled this issue of enough, what happens is we want more than enough. Ecclesiastics 5.10 puts it this way. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Isn't, isn't Ecclesiastics smart? Isn't he solemn smart? Whoever loves money never has money enough. Do you agree with that? I mean, that if you love it, you never will have enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with, with their income. And he said, this too is meaningless. The battle in our hearts is centered on wanting more than enough. It is impossible to say, today I'm grateful. Today I'm thankful. Today I'm content. Unless we've settled 
this more than enough issue. God wants us to have this deep sense in our heart that God, the kingdom of God is my source. And whatever you give me, Lord, it is from you. You gave me life. That is amazing. You, you have sustained me. God, you have been there through my ups and my downs. You allowed me to be a part of things beyond my imagination. And when we live that way, there's a sense of gratefulness. There's a sense of gratitude. There's a sense of thankfulness. There's a sense of contentment. And I've never seen a person be unhappy who have lived this way. If you're a thankful person, you're usually a happy person. If you're a grateful person, you're a person who you want to be around. You know, sometimes we need a reality check about how blessed we are sitting in this room. Let me just throw these out to you. If you have an annual income of $25,000 in the United States, you are in the top 11% of the richest people in the world. If you have an annual income of 55000 you are in the top 0.9% of the richest people in the world. If you have an annual income of 150000 you are in top 0.6% of the richest people of the world. Doesn't that put you in perspective? How blessed we are in this room? The world is a big world and God loves every person in this world. And for us, I mean, I just remember this, this sense that this is, life is, is, is just not for us. Jesus loves all the world, everyone in it. And how do we in this church, in our churches, I mean, just see ourselves as vessels I mean, I remember the missionaries that would come to our church and, 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 and just the hearts that would move. God, God, bless these people. God, let them know the love of Jesus. Let them know that you love every person in this world. God, that you care for them. And there's something about knowing that that allows us to be humble with what God has given us. Humble about it. If we don't understand this thing about this whole movement of the spiritual active enough, we become people who feel entitled. I have certain rights over other people. I have certain privileges over other people. I don't need to stand in line. I should have a bigger voice than other people. Is that what Jesus, is that the kingdom? The least of these. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If we haven't settled this thing about enough, we create a false sense of security and thinking my money and my possessions, possessions can protect me. What happened to the person who built bigger barns and said, oh, it's all about me. They were gone the next day and he was not in paradise. If we haven't settled this this issue, spiritual issues of enough, we move to an attitude of protecting rather than sharing what God has given us. And we move into an attitude of ungratefulness. Revelations 3.15 says, I am rich 
I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. If you have all that and you don't have Christ, you are poor and naked. Christ is the one we need. Just one last thing. Um, the Lord's Prayer reminds us, and I, and I love reciting the Lord's Prayer, and I find myself reciting the Lord's Prayer many times during the day at times, just because just it's such a beautiful prayer. But it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, reminding us that God's kingdom has come in Jesus Christ. His coming brought the kingdom of God to this world, and that kingdom is where? Is in my heart, in my life. And then he says, give us today, what? Our daily bread. Not tomorrow's bread. Not next month's bread. Not a year from now bread. Lord, give us today our daily bread. I've lived 68 years on this planet, and I've never missed a meal. <laughs> There's times when my wife and I lived on pancakes and peanut butter for about a whole year when I was in seminary because we had no money. But pancakes with peanut butter is good. <laughs> never missed a meal. And so, you know, my folks talk about the, the depression days, how they would make things stretch and whatever. And they never, they just had a deep sense that God, no matter where we're, we're, God give us today our daily bread. Isn't that just beautiful today? I, um, in 1989, we had 20 people come, going to Nicaragua. And his back, that was during the war. Very, very tough times. We, they, we took airlines all over the place to get in there. Took, and we were in Guatemala, went to Honduras, and, and then we got into Nicaragua. Well, we got there, and out of 40 pieces of luggage, seven pieces of luggage showed up for the whole two weeks we were there with 20 people. And again, it's just one of those things where the God teaches us these principles. We could sit back and say, Oh God, you failed us. You, we prayed that all our luggage would come through and you failed us and you failed us. What a demanding North American I am. <laughs> the fact that I even have luggage is a blessing. <laughs> seven pieces. And of those seven pieces, there were like three or four women that were with us. Like half of this luggage were women stuff. <laughs> and, and I just remember... I was just saying, what are we going to And I just remember everybody who had luggage opened her, they just opened it up and said, take what you need. All I know is some things I would not take from the women's like The silky stuff would not, no. I have my limits. I will wash my t-shirt out every day if I have to, but no, I won't go there. <laughs> but I remember that luggage and just laying it out there. And, and, and just remember just that holy sense that we all shared together and there was enough. God, there was enough. And other people, we found that God supplied what we needed. And I remember that year, there was so much scarcity. And I remember we didn't have blocks and we didn't have cement. And believe it or not, we bought, because the Russians and the Cubans were kind of the only influence at that time in Nicaragua. I remember going to the Russians and buying cement. I remember going to the Cubans and buying blocks. God will use anybody to get that church built. <laughs> And I just remember, God, when you have the scarcity, it isn't God, where are you? You abandoned me. God is trying to teach us something deeper, that the kingdom of God is there. And there's something about 
having to put your faith and your trust in the first gear, second gear, and even in fifth gear, and saying, this God will provide. I close with this verse. And it's a verse we all have read so much, but it's one that I'll never stop reading and how meaningful it is to me. I'm not saying this, Paul says, because I'm in need. For I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it's like to be in need, and I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. And my God will meet all our needs according to the glorious riches of the kingdom of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you.